This is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. Wait for the whistle to blow. And we are underway on Express FM. For the fans, by the fans. The atmosphere around Fratton at the moment is great and that's spilled over into the training ground and the boys are very, very positive. Giving you a voice. Everyone has got a smile on their face. It's going really well and it's up to us to keep that, even in a tough moment. This is the Football Hour. And it's a good one. With Jake Smith. Top of League One is where Pompey remained for another week after late drama in Burslem at the weekend. Colby Bishop steps up, scores! This time goes to the goalkeeper's left. Portsmouth have got a late, late goal at Vale Park. Colby Bishop's 88th minute penalty, the difference between the Blues and Port Vale on Saturday as John Massinho's side record a second consecutive 1-0 away victory. There were some notable absentees at Vale Park with both Joe Rafferty and Marlon Pack missing. We'll discuss those two later on and hear the post-match thoughts of Conor Ogilvie. Every game is massive and we want to stay top and we need to start now and, and go on a run. There was also a big win for the Portsmouth women who secured a 2-1 victory in extra time away at Ipswich Town in the National League Cup to secure their place in the semi-finals for a second consecutive season. Goal scorer Nicole Barrett will be on the show this evening to go through the game and the strength of the team around her. We've shown what we're about. We came here to get the win. It tested us. We had a couple of controversial decisions against us, but it is what it is, and we had the mentality to keep pushing on. So, yeah, I'm really proud of the girls. Sky Sports reporter Bianca Westwood features too. We'll be replaying her recent chat with Ian James ahead of Thursday's intimate evening with Jeff Stelling at the King's Theatre and what those attending can expect from it. I get paid to make fun of him as well, live on stage in front of everybody. So I'm getting my own back. Remember all the time I'd be on the road, I'd be out in the freezing cold and Jeff would always get the last word. Well, now I'm getting my digs in, so I'm really making the most of it. And we would also be looking ahead to Pompey's next game. They take on Oxford United tomorrow night and we'll have a new signing eligible to come straight in. Callum Lang has been speaking to Express FM for the first time as a Portsmouth player about his move from Wigan Athletic. It's been really tough, but at the end of the day, I think football's a, a short career and I've got ambitions to where I want to get to and I see this as a massive opportunity for myself and I just want to get in a Portsmouth shirt and show what I can do. So much to bring to you over the course of the show, so let's waste no more time and get stuck right in. This is Portsmouth's Express FM and you're listening to The Football Hour. The Football Hour. Driven by Stagecoach across the South. Download the app now from the App Store or Google Play to view up-to-date timetable information and to prepay for your journey. Express FM. Welcome along to a new week and a new episode of the Football Hour here on Express FM. A big thank you for tuning in to the show this evening. We've got plenty, as you've just heard at the top of the show there, to deliver tonight. And we also want to be hearing from you back home as well. What did you make of Pompey's performance at Vale Park on Saturday? How did Miles Pitt Harris fare on his debut? And are you pleased with the arrival of Callum Lang from Wigan? Get involved. It's 81400 on the text. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Post on X using at expressfm. Find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or download and get in touch through the ExpressFM app. Find us on the Apple app and Google Play stores if you haven't installed that already. We'll take a look at how the broader League One promotion picture looks with a recap of the updated table soon. But first, a reminder of how the Blues made it two wins from two at the weekend. 
Joe Rafferty remained on the sidelines after a neck injury kept him out of a win at Fleetwood seven days prior and there was also an absence from Marlon Pack who missed for game with illness. So it was two changes at Vale Park for John Massinho's side with commentary of the game brought to you here on Pompey Live by Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham. Every kick, left a great delivery. Every goal, curling it past the goalkeeper. Every game is right here. Oh, I don't believe it! Pompey Live. What a moment for Pompey! On Express FM. It's a chilly day, but a pleasant day. A good one for football. And we're just waiting for Craig Hicks's watch. And we can now get this game underway. Lowry. Now Kamara's got space to stretch his legs for Portsmouth. Taking on his man, Kamara infield. Kamara looks into the area. Lane, chance for Lane. Blocked and wide. Corner kick. Lane for Pierre Harrison. Pierre Harris turns it around the corner and Lane's away down the left-hand side. And he's got Bishop and Kamara to aim for. Lane into the box. Lane drills it to the near post. Bishop misses it. Far post. Oh, missed again by Devlin. What an opportunity. And Pompey fail to take the chance when it comes and it's still nil-nil. Yeah, it looked a miss, didn't it, from here? Now Lane to take the corner from the other side. This one again, deep towards the far post. Bishop trying to get under it. Bishop knocks it down, a good save! Ripley getting down to his right and he claws it around the post. Bishop fighting two defenders off and getting a header. And Ripley this time is forced into a save that he makes. Jakobiti, who makes the header, all oh, that sloppy at the back from Port Vale, and Lane with the chance, good save, Ripley, still there, Lane, nods it back in field, Kamara with oh, the back of his heel trying to get it forward, and Port Vale are going to clear it away, they don't clear it very well, and they're lucky, initially, to keep possession, they've still got it, more chances, Pompey unable to take advantage of, nil, nil. 30 yards out on the left, coming forward, Bishop in the middle, can Lane get that delivery right, chips it in, looking towards Bishop, gets a touch, Pierre Harris throws it into the ground, and it's up in the air, and over the bar from the goalkeeper, another pumpy corner. That ball is looking towards Devlin in the penalty area, and everyone paused, and here's Kamara, and he's put it a mile wide, and that is a really good chance. Nil-nil. Terrible ball for Lowry. sloppy, isn't it, once he gets there? Shot to see, challenge is a good one. Kamara might get on this in the penalty area, and the referee's given a penalty to Portsmouth. Kamara going down. Paul Vella furious that they don't have a free kick for shot to see's challenge. But Portsmouth have got a penalty five minutes from time. Whistle goes. Colby Bishop steps up, scores! This time goes to the goalkeeper's left. to run away from an angry fan who is threatening the stewards trying to take him away and Port Vale are going to get the book thrown at them for this because you might not like a decision but you cannot act like this clearance over halfway the final action of the game Port Vale fans are not happy with what's happened but it is three points for Portsmouth at Vale Park for the second year in a row Portsmouth have won by a goal to nil and they are top of the league and it's all getting a bit nasty. Port Vale nil, Portsmouth won. All the unmissable action, Pompey Live on Express FM. 
The highlights there from Saturday's 1-0 victory for Pompey away at Port Vale. A result which, of course, keeps from the top of the Skybet League One table for another week. Results elsewhere on Saturday include Barnsley 1, Exeter City 2, Blackpool 1, Charlton Athletic 1, Bristol Rovers 3, Oxford United 1, Cambridge United 0, Burton Albion 0, Carlisle United 1, Bolton Wanderers 4, Derby County 2, Cheltenham Town 1, Lincoln City 0, Peterborough United 0, Northampton Town 0, Shrewsbury Town 2, Reading 1, Leighton Orient 1, Wigan Athletic 2, Stevenage 3, and Wickham Wanderers 2, Fleetwood Town 2. So Pompey, as I mentioned, stayed top of League 1 on 59 points after 29 games played. Bolton hot on the hill still with 57 points. They moved back up into second position. Uh, two games in hand on Pompey with two points only the difference between the two sides. Peter United in third with 56 points. They have one game in hand on Pompey. Derby County have dropped down to fourth position. They have played the same amount of games as Portsmouth, which is 29, but they have 56 points on the board. Three points separating themselves and John Bassinio side at the top. Barnsley and Stevenage make up the rest of the top six. Barnsley had clawed back a few points over the course of the past week or so, but a defeat on Saturday leaves them uh, still chasing the automatic promotion hunt. They do also have a game in hand on both Pompey and Derby. Uh, Oxford United tomorrow's opponents are in seventh position. We'll hear more from them later on with Kirsty Roxanne and down at the bottom, rooted to the foot of the table, a point for Fleetwood Town before First under new manager Charlie Adam, but they remain bottom of League One with 19 points. 11 points of safety where Port Vale are in 20th position. Carlisle United, Cheltenham Town and Reading make up the remainder of the drop zone. Right, alongside myself uh, to go through all of Saturday's action and to look ahead to the midweek trip up to the Kassam Stadium later on. And first of all, delighted to welcome onto the show Mr Tom Malley calling in from back home. Tom, a very good evening to you, sir. Good evening, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you very much. Not too bad. It's great to have you on the show. And hopefully you can talk to us a bit more about Saturday's game at Port Vale. It was one I, was, I, I missed. I was actually in Germany. I was watching Wolfsburg versus uh, FC Cologne um, instead. I had a bit of German football um, for the weekend. So I actually missed the game up in Burslem, which um, I'm gutted about, especially with the events, of course, that happened in the last few moments. But Tom, hopefully you can shed uh, more light on that from, from a, a supporter's perspective tonight. And alongside yourself, we do have Andrew Barnard from the 4 0 over at Barney, it's great to have you back on the show again. Yeah, thanks again. Once again, for having me, mate. Barney, let's get straight into it then. Um, and really, I want to touch upon um, Miles Pitt Harris. Um, we saw that he signed on loan from Brentford between uh, now and the end of the season last Monday. He made his debut at Vale Park on Saturday afternoon. And from what I've heard and from what I've seen him highlights as well, he really did impress the Blues fans that travelled up. Yeah, it's, uh, it was a little shock to see him go straight into the eleven. In honesty, you don't tend to see that with um, many signings going straight into an eleven, um, especially not loan signings. You know, maybe give them an extra training session or two, get them to sort of gel with the team. Mm. But um, at the same time, no wonder he's gone straight in with that performance. Absolutely fantastic. Really earns that number forty-four on the back. Being an F1 fan like you are, <laughs> and I am, uh, you sort of have an appreciation yep. for the number 44. Um, fantastic performance. Yeah, some of the balls he played, uh, I think a lot of people were mentioning that cross-field half-volley pass uh, from the left wing to the right over to Kamara. Yeah. Just the confidence to even try it, let alone pull it off. Mm. I think we've got a right, a right player on our hands there from, from Brentford. Could 44 be 
a slight reference, Barney, to Back to the Future, because we know Mars Pitt Harris's initials are MPH, Mars Per Hour, and the what the Mars Per Hour on, on on the old Back to the Future is 88 Mars Per Hour to get Back to the Future. <laughs> It's half of it. It's forty-four. Yeah, I mean, if we can have even, I don't know, <laughs> half of that talent and, and uh, drama, then sure, whatever. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be taking us to the championship this season. Um, Tom, your assessment of that game on Saturday? Then a match in which Pompey really dominated statistically from uh, minute one to ninety, and maybe would have feel, felt a little bit aggrieved if the Blues hadn't come away from Vale Park with a win. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you, I wasn't able to attend um, for work reasons, but. Um, exactly like you said from what I've seen and heard it was it was a decent performance um, and yeah I, I've read I've read a lot that we, we dominated the game so as you said to not come away from that game with three points I think would have been really gut-wrenching mm-hmm. um, especially because you know we're trying to get ourselves out of this recent rut and to to drop points again would have been far from ideal but um, yeah for, even from what I've seen in the highlights it looked a pretty dominant performance from us even the statistics um, I don't think Port Vale even had a shot on target uh, so you know, compared to what we had, definitely, um, definitely a game we deserved to win and we should have won and, and we did. And really interesting as well, we, we speak about Miles Pitt-Harris. We heard uh, from him speaking to George Wedlake uh, earlier last week about the signing for Pompey and his ambitions between now and the end of the campaign. We actually had it cleared up on how to pronounce his name. It is Miles Pitt-Harris, not Pert-Harris or Part-Harris. And, uh, just confirmation of this if you are tuning in, because we had the same issue with Connor Shocknessy at the start of the season where we heard from him his own words uh, telling us how to pronounce his name, Shocknessy. And we still have people saying but we were pronouncing it wrong, so... Just for clarity, this is Miles Peart Harris confirming the pronunciation of his name. Is it Peart Harris or is it Pert Harris? Peart Harris. I'll make a note of that one. <laughs> Cheers, Miles. Thank, Thank you. you. Just think of Southsea. Just think of Clarence Peart, South Parade Peart, Miles Peart Harris. Yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> if you're ever in doubt, just think of Southsea Seafront. Um, but yes, going back to back to Saturday at Port Vale, Barney, it's a second consecutive victory away from home, a second consecutive clean sheet as well, and a victory by a goal to nil. And whilst Pompey dominant in terms of their action on Saturday, and for the most part against Fleetwood a week prior as well, not as convincing when it comes to the scoreline. But for teams that get promoted, you don't care about the result, you don't care about how many goals you put in the back of the net um, until the latter stages where maybe goal difference comes in. Yeah, it's not quite the run of form that we had where we went sort of Burton, Northampton, um, two and three nil away. But yeah, you're you're not going to complain about getting three points, keeping a clean sheet on the road against any team in, in any league. Um, the performance was very, very strong. Just those kind of question marks like we had at the beginning of the season where another team would... We, we would kind of regret not taking all those chances we had. They did get a couple of counter-attacks, but they were mostly um, completely sort of fizzled out by us, by great defending. Raggett and Chognessy looking fantastic, as always, as recent. Um, yeah, it, it was a great performance all round. I just, I, we just need to take a few more of those chances. Yeah. Paddy Lane was given a couple of chances by defensive mistakes at their end. Um Colby had one or two that he, you know, could have, should have. He'll look at himself and say, probably shouldn't have finished that with my quality. We move on and uh, hopefully get the same amount of chances at Oxford. Yeah. Right, let's get some reaction to the weekend's game now. Then it's time to find out what Connor Ogilvy had to say after the full time whistle at Vale Park. He's been speaking with Max Watton. Con, it was great to see you back out there again. Your first real start since the Barnsley game. How good did it feel to be on the pitch from minute one? Yeah, it's been it's been a real long time. Um, but yeah, it felt amazing to be back out there with the boys, and 
yeah, lovely to uh, get get three points as well. I know you obviously came on against Fleetwood, but we haven't spoken since. How did you find this little period on the sidelines? Yeah, it's obviously not nice. Um, it's probably my, I think it was my first operation that I've had, and yeah, just just try to work hard as I can to get back and uh, help the boys. How pleasing is it coming back into the starting eleven to to get three points like you did today? Yeah, for sure. Um, probably should have been a, a few more goals in there, but we will take the three points and uh, move forward to Tuesday now. Quite a lot of chances in that first half. Didn't put any away, unfortunately. But what what did the gaffer say to you at the break? Um, just keep doing what we're doing and just just a bit more quality in the end uh, end product. But thankfully, uh, we got the penalty and, and Colby slotted it away. How do you assess the game from sort of your point of view in, in terms of what you had to do? Probably just dealing with the, dealing with the long ball, the threat. Um, and then yeah, letting, letting the boy at the front boys do do their magic, and we didn't manage to get a goal uh, in open play today. But yeah, like I said, Colby stepped up and, and, and put it away, lovely. Someone who also came into the starting eleven today, Miles. What did you make of his first poppy start? Yeah, he was he was exceptional um, in there, and he picked up a lot of second balls, uh, uh, made it hard for them, and and had a few attempts on goal, which I'm sure they'll um, start going in soon. How important of a win is that at this stage of the season? Yeah, for sure. Um, every game is massive, and we want to stay. We want to stay top, and we need to start. We need to start now and, and go on a run. What's the mood like in there after the game? Yeah, it's, it's good. And like I say, I want to say thanks to the fans as well. They was amazing for the whole game, and uh, yeah, it's it's a real good atmosphere in there, and we need to bring that now Tuesday. I was going to mention the supporters. You had a really nice moment with them at the end, and all the lads sort of really enjoying that victory. So, what's your message to them as as we you know pick up three points today, back on the road on Tuesday? Just keep doing what they're doing. They've been amazing for the whole season and we'll need them throughout in the tough times and the good times. So, yeah, just yeah, keep doing what they're doing. They've been amazing. Conor Rogovia there talking to Max Swatton shortly after the final whistle on Saturday afternoon. We mentioned earlier, Barney, the fact that there were two changes to the squad uh, from the victory at Fleetwood up on the Fylde Coast seven days prior. Riley Towler and Marlon Pack dropping out of the team. Marlon Pack not included in the match day 18 with Conor Rogovia himself, we just heard there, and Miles Pitt-Harris coming into the side. Joe Rafferty, we understand from John Massinio speaking after the Fleetwood victory that he missed that game due to a minor neck injury, but he was hopeful to be back for the trip to Vail Park. That didn't turn out to be the case. And Marlon Pack, we heard from Massinho after the game, missing due to illness. That might explain the inclusion of Miles Pierre Harris making his debut so early on. But um, what have you made of Pompey's shape over the last couple of weeks? Because some have been suggesting that it's maybe three at the back and a more attacking mindset with Kamara alongside Pierre Harris and Ogilvy, Shocknessy, Ragged at the back, Devlin Lane on the, on the wide backs. It's also very rotational with the, the kind of positions each of these players can play in. I, th- I think we definitely seem to have made a couple of changes. Um, away at Fleetwood, it definitely seemed to be a three slash five at the back, depending on the phase of play. Um, we had three out and out centre backs on the pitch with Towler, Raggett, and Shognessy. Um Whereas against um, Brain, who did we play? Port Vale. <laughs> <laughs> um, against Port Vale, it seemed a lot more flexible. It seemed like yeah. a back four again. Um, you could argue a three. Um, but Devlin did seem to be a, a bit more of a right back than say a right wing back especially when you had Kamara ahead of him playing definitely more in a right wing position so I think the Port Vale lineup was probably a lot more of a, a test yeah. um, to see how well the, the team deal with that flexibility mid game evolving depending on the phase of play that you're in 
yeah barney thank you very much for the time being we'll catch up with you again shortly as well as tom from back home as well but first it's time for a very quick breather when we return we'll be continuing to pick apart saturday's win for pompey's men as well as a big victory for the portsmouth women nicole barrett speaks about sunday's national league cup quarter final win at ipswich we had to push on high we knew we needed a goal that's how we were going to win the game and then we had to we had a long period of time where we did have to defend and put bodies on the line and the girls done really well not just from the back four but from the people that dropped in the midfielders everyone even the pressing from the front stay tuned for that as well as sky sports reporter bianca westwood to come too looking forward to thursday's event with jeff stelling and paul merson at the king's theater so much more coming up when the football hour returns after this short break for the fans by the fans the football hour with jake smith on express fm go by bus go greener with stagecoach next stop a cleaner greener future did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Hello and welcome back along to 93.7 Express FM where you're currently tuned in to the Football Hour hosted tonight by myself, Jake Smith, alongside Tom Malley and Andrew Barnard too. If you've missed any of the show this evening, simply head on over to your preferred podcasting network to stream this and any other previous episode. You can find us also on the Apple and Google podcast apps as well as Spotify too. There's also the Express FM app as well. Keep an eye across our social media platforms to keep up to date when a new episode has been uploaded. However, they tip are available from quarter past seven on the night of that respective show. Well, let's get straight back into Barney and to Tom now and go over the final thoughts from Saturday's game at Vale Park. And uh, Tom, we we know the game was won by Colby Bishop in the 88th minute, a penalty won by Abu Kamara bursting forward into the Port Vale penalty area. He was challenged by Connor Grant. Um, from your opinion, Tom, having looked back at that foul, is it a penalty? Um, I think it's soft, but there is contact. Um, and I think that's obviously what the ref's gone off, which is fair enough. And at the end of the day, whether it is or whether it isn't, sometimes you need a bit of luck. And um, we've certainly not had certain decisions go against us this season. So to be honest, things do even out. And um, I think you just got to take it, whether it whether it is or it isn't. But But I think there was contact. I just think it was quite soft. But yeah, I mean, we'll take it. Summed up nicely, Barney, as well. It, it, it is soft, and we're probably not afraid to admit that. But it's also it's, it's not a dive by any stretch of the imagination. Abu Kamara has received contact from Connor Grant. He has gone down. You can understand maybe why Port Vale fans are, are frustrated, but it was certainly a, an opportunity that Pompey, with their play throughout the game, also deserved. Yeah, uh, without doubt, we we pressed enough, and as I said earlier, we we probably should have taken more chances than we did. Um, Kamara's definitely been clipped the, the player is clumsy in the way he comes yeah. into him um, if you're giving the ref uh, a decision to make it, the way refs go these days they're probably going to make that decision um, Kamara's uh, how should we call it theatrics probably need some work that that did make it look <laughs> like a dive when in realism I don't think it is um, he's just over exaggerated the, the fall by sort of flipping himself round but uh, yeah a penalty and and as Tom said, yeah, we on the balance of play, we somewhat deserve that bit of luck, I would say. 
and one thing we can probably all agree on, Barney, is uh, what happened after a full-time whistle with the Port Vale supporter running onto the pitch and chasing referee... Oh, actually, no, it wasn't after a full-time whistle, was it? It was before it, before, yeah. uh, coming onto the field of play. It doesn't matter where, where, when it happens, but chasing the referee, Craig Hicks, and um, he obviously had to sort of run towards the tunnel area and, and, and sort of have a bit of backup with the, the coaching staff around him. That is... Com- completely unacceptable. We all get frustrated at referees' performances, and yeah. we, we critique them here on the Football Hour sometimes as well. But certainly chasing one, and and you know having them fear for their own safety is is absolutely not not what we want to see. No, I mean, I, I feel like I've seen something before like it uh, at our level, but I, I don't remember the exact uh, time mm. of it. But it was slightly comical. Um, yeah. The ref running away as he did is is slightly comical to look back on. But yeah, I totally agree. It's you don't want to see it. It it just intervenes with the game. You run the risk of things like the game getting abandoned and and so on. Um, no matter how angry you are at the officials, your team, your your players, managers, whatever, you just can't be doing that. And from the officials' point of view, he doesn't know what that support has got with him you know it's not just him angrily running at him but his, his safety is genuinely under threat there it is, it is humorous to, to watch but also very serious but yeah it's, it's if, also a fine for Port Vale as well yeah that's that's going to be a huge one um your security's not going to be on edge waiting for that kind of thing to happen because you just don't expect that no. um I mean that fan is probably lucky it's not the ref we've got for Oxford um because the Oxford ref that we've got on Tuesday is the one who headbutted an Ipswich player a couple of years back, I believe. So uh, he probably picked the right ref to run at if mm. you were going to do it. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Linda Mell has got in touch on the emails this evening saying, two away games, two wins, which we needed. I couldn't see anything wrong with Connor Shocknessy's tackle, but I thought it was a bit of a soft penalty. However, we have had a good penalty, a few penalty shouts not given this season. It wasn't good looking at the league table, seeing Bolton top until Bishop scored and we went back to the top of the league. I like the look of Miles Peart-Harris, who had some really good touches. And considering he had only just arrived and first time playing with his teammates it can only get better Terry Devlin and Tom Lowry also had good games welcome also to Callum Lang so far this transfer window we've added quality to our squad and the window is still open it is going to be a tough game tomorrow night and hopefully we can get something out of it player Pompey there Linda on the emails thank you very much for getting in touch this evening Linda and Tom certainly something I want to come on to before we moved on move on to the next part of the show is the performances of Terry Devlin and Tom Lowry who Tom Lowry coming back from a very long-term injury Terry Devlin who's had a few minutes off the bench and only a couple of starts this season, both performed excellently at Vale Park on Saturday and looked very comfortable within a, a promotion chasing squad. Yeah, it's been great to get Lowry back in. Um, I think he made a slight cameo against Leighton Orient, but I mean, no one really remembers that because of the awful result. But um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's great to have him back and um, throwing straight into the starting eleven again. Um, on, on Saturday and um, puts in a shift. I mean, I've always, ra- always rated him. Um, I think he's a great player. Um, and, and similarly, Dev- Devlin as well, um, another hard-working midfielder, but now could be the next Gareth Evans uh, <laughs> slotting into right-back. Um, echoes of, of, of what Evans obviously did in, in our uh, title-winning season in League Two. So mm. who knows? We could have another, another story on our hands. Good to indeed. Uh, Dave on the emails has also got in touch saying, Good evening, Jake. A good three points on Saturday, and it was good to see Connor Ogilvy back. It was also interesting to see him have two shots at goal, and notable that on both occasions there was no messing about. He didn't need an extra touch, and whilst both were off target, he didn't overthink it. Conversely, I feel both Paddy Lane and Abu Kamara were often guilty of having an extra touch. This was certainly true of Paddy on Saturday. 
Christian Sadie is another one who does similar. We have all uh, favoured a foot. We all have a favoured foot, sorry, says Dave. But sometimes the wrong foot works and uh, that can sometimes be a better option than losing the chance altogether. I guess it's all part of Pompey needing to be more clinical in front of goal than they currently have been. Certainly on Saturday, the fact that we had 20 shots on goal plus 10 corners and right up until the end looked like we were going home with nothing better than a goalless draw tells its own story. Dave concludes by saying, fingers crossed our reactions and student boots are well and truly on maximum and against Oxford and we can at least uh, at last put a team properly to bed. Transfer window is going well so far. The thoughts there of Dave on the emails. We're going to get the thoughts of both Tom and Barney in the studio with us tonight on the transfer window, the arrival of Callum Lang and also tomorrow night's trip to the Kassam Stadium later in the show. But now we move on to talk about the Pompey women who also out of the weekend had a big, big game. It was National League Cup quarter-final time for Jay Sadler's side. They reached the semi-final stage last season, being defeated by five goals to nil away from home to Nottingham Forest, uh, unable to reach the final there. However, this season they've reached the final four again with a 2-1 victory over Ipswich on Sunday. There were goals from Sophie Quirk at the AGL Arena. That was cancelled out by a Bonnie Horwood penalty. But Nicole Barrett's stroke in extra time to see the Pompey women reach the semi-final stage for a second consecutive season. And after the game, Nicole Barrett spoke to Max Swatton about the match itself, the team's performance, her goal, assist and a win on her 50th appearance for the club. Absolutely buzzing, you know, we had a job, we came here for the win and we got it, so it was a team performance, but yeah, I'm really happy with the way I played. What's your overall assessment from the team of, of the 120 minutes we ended up playing? Um, just the resilience, we've shown it, we've shown what we're about, um, we came here to get the win, it tested us, we got, we had a couple of controversial decisions against us, but it is what it is and we had the mentality to keep pushing on, so yeah, I'm really proud of the girls. You played a part in both goals, just talk us through the first one, first of all. Yeah, won the ball from the keeper, to be honest, knocked it to the side, saw Soph running in, so put it in there for her, but she done really well to get across her player and get it in, so yeah. And just describe the one, four minutes just after the restart. Uh, buzzing, to be honest, absolutely buzzing. Um, to be fair, Lita's behind me screaming, shoot in my ear, what am I going to do? So I hit it and yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing that it went in. What was Jay's message to the group in that sort of break before the restart and, and what did he want to see from you? Um, just to keep pushing, to play our game, not to, not to lower ourselves, not to change the way we play, just to be patient and that it was going to come, keep pressing the way that we were and yeah, like just be patient, like I said, and, and wait for our time. How important was it to show both sides of our game at different points of the match today? Yeah, it was. We had to push on high. We knew we needed a goal. That's how we were going to win the game. And then we had to. We had a long period of time where we did have to defend and put bodies on the line. And the girls done really well, not just from the back four, but from the people that dropped in, the midfielders, everyone, even the pressing from the front. Like we done so well to defend um, and attack today. So yeah, I'm really proud of the group. As I said, it's a big shift, a huge, a huge effort from everyone, the starters, the finishers as well. So, how much pride are the, feel, uh, the girls feeling today? Yeah, massive, massive, and I think that's a really important note. Um, it's not just the starting eleven; it's the players that come off on from the bench. You know, we got players. It's 120 minutes. Players are cramping up. We need everyone, um, not just the starting eleven. We need the players on the side, and we need the coaches to keep pushing us on. And we had that today. So, yeah, I'm really proud of the group, and really happy to be a part of it. 
And a big congratulations once again to the Pompey women for securing their spot in the semi-finals of the National League Cup. And a big congrats as well to Nicole Barrett, their defender, who got a goal and an assist in her 50th appearance for the Blues in Sunday's 2-1 victory away at Ipswich in the Cup. Uh, next up for Jay Sadler's side, they travel again to the AGL Arena. Ipswich Town, the opponents, this coming Sunday. This time it is FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division action for both of the teams. So two consecutive trips to Ipswich Town for the Pompey women, securing victory in the first one after extra time and they go there again next Sunday to take them on in the league. We'll hear hopefully later in the week from head coach Jay Sadler ahead of that one. Right, up next then, let's hear from Bianca Westwood from Sky Sports. She's recently been speaking to Express FM about a big event that's taken place in Portsmouth this week. Jeff Stelling, the broadcasting legend himself, is on tour. An intimate evening with Jeff Stelling taking place at the Kings Theatre this Thursday evening. He'll be joined by Bianca Westwood, who will be presenting the evening, and a special guest, Paul Merson, as well. She's been speaking recently to Ian James on Express Breakfast about the tour, which is already well underway. We've been on the road a few late nights. I mean, this time last year, someone had said to me, you'll, you'll be spending every night with Jeff Stelling. I would have said they're absolutely out of their mind. But here I am, and uh, we're really enjoying the tour so far. It's been fantastic. I mean, Jeff is an absolute icon because everybody knows Jeff. He's also one of the funniest people you could ever wish to meet. You've got to be having the time of your life. I really am. Um, I mean, everybody knows uh, Jeff and I. We're kind of frenemies. Um, but we play on that. We obviously do get on really, really well in, in real life. And he is really funny. He's a lot funnier than I actually gave him credit for as well. He's got some <laughs> fantastic stories. Um, and yes, I, I have to listen to a few of those every night, but he does change it up. And, um, you know, getting paid, I get paid to make fun of him as well, live on stage in front of everybody. So I'm getting my own back. Remember all the time I'd be on the road, I'd be out in the freezing cold, and Jeff would always get the last word. Well, now I'm getting my digs in, so I'm really making the most of it. It's definitely payback time, isn't it? It really is, yeah, yeah. And, of course, you're coming down to Portsmouth. Uh, it's at the King's Theatre. It's on Thursday, the 1st of February. There's only a few tickets left. I know tickets have gone so well. But on this particular occasion, you're also going to be joined by Paul Merson, who, again, is a great character. Yeah, he is, and he's got some great stories. The two of them um, have obviously worked together for a long time as well. And uh, Jeff does a skit on Merce, which is absolutely brilliant. And, and Merce has got his own stories because, you know, he's a colourful character. He's had, he's had a very interesting life, to say the least. So we've already done the show with Merce. That was in Truro. That, that went down a storm. And you mentioned tickets. I mean, they're few and far between at the moment. They are... We've, we've sold out so many dates and it's going so well. Jeff is just even thinking about doing some more. Um, I don't know where he gets the energy from because, you know, he walks marathons to Prostate Cancer UK as yep. well. He's, you know, late nights every night. But he, he you know, he's got so much vigour, especially for an old fella. Um, <laughs> I don't know how he does it. But, yeah, he's, so we're going to be doing some more dates. But um, if you can get down to the King Theatre in Southsea, you really should. It's an unmissable show. It is unbelievable, Jeff. Uh, I could have to pick up on this. You were the first female match reporter on Sucker Saturday. That must have been 
absolutely fantastic to know that you broke fresh ground. Yeah, it's funny because everybody sort of mentions that now. Um, but at the time, I didn't really realise how kind of uh, huge it, it was um, and, and how influential, what an impact that would have. On, on younger women because now you know there's so many women in TV broadcasting and the media and stuff at the time it was just I felt like a football fan who'd just been given a you know a chance to work on probably the best show on TV so luckily I didn't think about how impactful it was because I might have been a lot more scared but um, working with Jeff obviously he made it easier for me it was just kind of like talking to a mate um, on the phone, you know, what's happened at the game, this has happened. Um, so that made it a lot easier working with Jeff. You know, he's the ultimate professional. Um, I don't even think he realises what a legend he is. But, you know, we have meet and greets before every show. And it is incredible, um, the influence he's had and how, mu how much people love him. And I just feel fortunate to have been a part of that. Um, but it is great to see. I do get a lot of young women now coming up to me and, and, and thanking me for my influence in the industry. So, yeah, it does feel really nice. And I can now look back um, and appreciate the, the career that I've had. I had about three or four supporters this morning come on and genuinely said, can you please ask Bianca if she's been to Fratton Park and she hadn't. They said, you've got to invite her down. But you've been there. So, you, like you say, it's, the, it's one of the best atmospheres in the country. It really is. And, you know, those old school grounds, um, you know, where the, the fans are so close to the action, um, it just makes such a difference. And uh, I love the atmosphere at Fatton Park. I've been a number of times over the years reporting. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to going back there. And, of course, the atmosphere on Thursday, the 1st of February at the King's Theatre will be absolutely electric as well. Is there anything you can tease us with that Jeff might be doing on the night as a, as a little tease for anybody that uh, might be thinking of going? Yeah, well, Pompey comes up a few times um, and he does a little skit. You might remember when one of our reporters <laughs> missed something at the, at the game. I think I know what you're referring to, yes. Uh, well, Jeff does a really good impression. So if you're there, you're going to absolutely love it. He gets everybody crying with laughter. So, uh, yeah, and, and it has the, the Portsmouth tyres as well. So they're going to love that bit. Listen, Bianca, I appreciate you coming on this morning because you had a very late night last night. Thank you for joining me. And have yourself the most amazing time when you come down to the King's Theatre on Thursday, the 1st of February. It's an intimate evening with Jeff Sterling, of course. Special guest Paul Merson. There are only a few tickets left. Please go along. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Once again, Bianca, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thanks for speaking to me. And I really can't wait to see everybody down there at the King's Theatre. Yeah, it was great to hear from Bianca Westwood earlier this month speaking to Ian James ahead of Thursday's event at the King's Theatre, an intimate evening with Jeff Stelling, hosted there by Bianca with special guest Paul Merson featuring as well. It's set to be a fantastic night on Thursday. Right, you've got just over 15 minutes to get your thoughts across to us this evening, Pompey fans. 81400 is our text number. Make sure you start your messages there with the word express. Otherwise, you can email us pompey at expressfm.com sport at expressfm.com as well include at expressfm on x you can visit our facebook page facebook.com forward slash pompey live or download and get in touch through the express fm app available now for free on the apple app and google play stores after the break we'll also be hearing for the first time as a pompey player to forward callum lang he's been explaining the past few days for him and why signing for portsmouth made sense 
There was a few clubs there who had shown a bit of interest, but for me, this was the best fit, speaking to the manager, speaking to Rich. Yeah, just a really good fit for myself. When I look at this team, I think I'd suit this playing style, and I think this team can bring out the best of me. Final thoughts of Tom and Barney to come to as we begin to preview tomorrow evening's trip to the Kassam Stadium for Pompey. Don't go anywhere. For the fans, by the fans, the Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late-night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Yes, welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Portsmouth's Express FM. Thank you for joining us for this episode on which we have so far gone over Saturday's late win for the Blues at Port Vale. Heard from Conor Ogilvy as well as the post-match assessments of both Tom Malley and Andrew Barnard too. And also Nicole Barrett's thoughts on Sunday's National League Cup win for the Pompey women at Ipswich. And Ian James's chat with Bianca Westwood from earlier this month was replayed as we previewed Thursday's intimate evening with Jeff Stelling at the King's Theatre. Tom and Barney remain alongside me this evening up until 7 o'clock as we now move on to look ahead to Pompey's trip to Oxford United. Tomorrow evening serves as the Blues' first midweek fixture of 2024, a game which had been scheduled for November the 18th, however postponed at the time due to international call-ups. And for tomorrow evening's match at the Castam Stadium, will be eligible a new signing for Portsmouth for third one of the January transfer window. Callum Lang has joined Matt Macy and Miles Pitt-Harris as recruitments for John Massinios. And uh, to be fair, Richard Hughes's side uh, driving the recruitment this January transfer window. Uh, Callum Lang joins for an undisclosed fee from Wigan Athletic signing a two and a half year deal at Fratton Park with the option for the club to extend that by an extra 12 months at the end of it as well. So penciling a deal is Callum Lang the forward from, Ips, uh, from Wigan Athletic sorry, until the summer of 2026 with an option to 2027 as well. We'll hear from Barney in just a moment but first I want to get Tom's thoughts on this signing. Tom, Callum Lang arrives at Fratton Park. Is, is this a player that you yourself would have been keen on sort of this time last week? Is he someone who fits the bill to lead Pompey to a promotion this season? Definitely. This is a Really good, impressive signing. Um, if he can, like I've, I've said this already, but if he can rediscover his form from I think it was two seasons ago um, with Wigan, um, then yeah, we've we've got a player on our hands. I um, mean, I know we've said that about a few signings. You know, if they can rediscover their old form, um, they're they're going to be amazing. But 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 Callum is is different. I think um, he he's really proven at this level, and. Um, Judging by the reaction of, of Wigan fans as well and, and other supporters on social media, um, that just tells you what what good coup this is that we've landed. Um, so, yeah, I think he'll fit the system well. Let's just pray that um, it all goes to plan <laughs> yeah. because I think this is a glass signing. 
And after his first training session with his new teammates earlier today, Callum Lang spoke to George Wedlake about the move. Excited to be here. It's a lovely setup. Really happy with it. So, yeah, just, yeah, can't wait to get started. Long journey yesterday, but today's a good day and just training hard and can't wait to get involved. So I was going to ask how the move came about from your point of view then, the story. I think it's not something I was expecting this season. I thought I'd probably finish the season with Wigan, but just the way things worked out, um, I thought a fresh start would be best and, you know, Portsmouth shown interest and I, there was a few clubs there who'd shown a bit of interest, but for me this was the best fit, speaking to the manager, speaking to Rich. Yeah, just a re- really good fit for myself. When I look at this team, I think I'd suit this playing style and I think this team can bring out the best of me. And, yeah, I'm just really proud and happy to sign for this club. Yeah, so Wigan, a team, uh, you, you played for them for quite some time. How difficult was that decision to decide to leave this year? Yeah, massively difficult. Obviously, it's been home to me for over 10 years, you know, so it's a really hard decision. Obviously, people there are like my family, really, so... It's been really tough, but at the end of the day, I think football's a, a short career and I've got ambitions to where I want to get to and I see this as a massive opportunity for myself and I just want to get in a Portsmouth shirt and show what I can do. So what were the main factors for, for deciding to go to Portsmouth then? Because it's quite a big move south, isn't it? Yeah, 100%, but I, I don't think I'm really phased that where I am in the world, whatever the best opportunity is for football, that, that, that's where I'll go. But, uh, yeah, Portsmouth, as I say, just the perfect fit. Speaking to the manager, speaking to Rich, um, the way he wants to play, I think, suits my game. Um, He spoke to me a lot about pressing, and I love that side of the game as well. And I want to get back to adding my numbers up like like I have done my whole career. So, yeah, just um, if I can play a part and help this team push for promotion, then that'll make me happy. Portsmouth are a team that you've played against several times over the past few years. Firstly, the fans, I mean, you've, you've encountered them. What can they be like? Yeah, massive. I think, uh, you know, a game can swing just off the fans here. Uh, I've felt it myself. I've been 2 0 up at Fratton Park and it suddenly changed really quickly. So, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be a part of that. Walking out at the stadium, it's, it's an amazing atmosphere. And, yeah, I think I thrive off that as a player, so I can't wait to feel that every week. A lot of the fans have seen you play, uh, yeah. but how would you describe yourself as a player to those that possibly haven't just yet? Uh, a lot of energy, a lot of aggression, directness, and just leave everything else on the pitch, every game. And what are you looking to achieve during your time here? Get back to enjoying me football. I think when I'm enjoying me football and I, and I play free, that's when I play my best, and I think I can do that here. And obviously, as a team, the, the aim is to get promoted. It's been a, it's been a great start, and... I just want to add to that, but yeah, um, yeah, just head in the right direction with this club, that's the main thing. Uh, you last played against Portsmouth, you came on as a substitute back in September for Wigan, so you played yeah. against this team or, or a similar version, yeah. um, and you know what it's like to get promoted from the division as well, having done it with Wigan. Yeah. What are the characteristics and has the team got what it takes to go all the way, do you think? Yeah, I think uh, League One's a very tough division, there's a lot of very different sides in, in this league and you've got to be prepared to, to play all of them. So, um, yeah, I think you need to have a bit of everything as a team that does well in this league. You've got to be able to win a battle, win a fight, but then when it comes to getting the ball down and playing, you've got to do that better than your opposition. And I think this side has done that and we will continue that.
And have you set any goals, any targets? Um, I think the main the main target is to just do everything as possible to help get this team promoted. I think that's all I can do. Leave everything on the pitch, score as many and assist as many goals as I can. And yeah, just enjoy playing my football. And how excited are you to get going? Really excited, yeah. Can't wait to get started. Obviously, Oxford away, I'm involved. Hopefully, uh, can have my say on the game. Uh, scored against Oxford earlier on this season, so to do it again would be nice. Callum Lang speaking to George Wedlake earlier today after his announcement having signed for Pompey on a two-and-a-half-year deal from uh, Wigan Athletic. Benjo on Twitter saying, very good signing, a decent show of intent. Not one player sold, nor one cut run had to pay for this. Still half expecting us to uh, offload uh, Morello Bishop to fund it, though. Uh, but cheers uh, to, to the owners for this signing, a decent show of intent there from Benjo on Twitter. Wayne Harris saying, uh, Lang straight into the starting eleven tomorrow or on a bench? Pack and Rafferty hopefully back in for, if they recovered personally for me it's obviously pack and rafferty back with lang on the bench for now devlin and lowry both very good on saturday though um and i just want to get barney's thoughts on this as well calvin lang also a very big signing coming into pompey uh barney does he go straight into the 11 for tomorrow's trip to oxford united do you or does he get bred slowly in I, th- I think he's got to go slowly in because he's been on the fringe of the wigan team as of late anyway um, so I think his match sharpness, match fitness perhaps needs to be built up a bit more before we before we throw him in. Um, like we said earlier, perhaps Pierre Harris only started because of Pac's illness on, on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I would almost stick to what we started with on, on Saturday, um, with the exception of Pac. I think Pac's a kind of nail on in that centre of the mid- midfield. Devlin did so well at right back, I'd, I'd almost happily start him but yeah no for me Lang's he should come on perhaps 60-70 minutes depending on how the game's going OK then let's hear uh, let's head into now the opposition camp and take a look at the challenge that awaits Pompey at the Kassam Stadium tomorrow night Kirsty Roxanne has below down Another one on the road sees the Blues pick up a crucial three points at Vale Park A late minute penalty decision allowed Bishop to step up to the mark and keep Pompey top of the table in the 88th minute This week's Opposition a rescheduled match due to international call-ups sees the Blues on their third consecutive away game, this time heading to Massinho's old club, Oxford United, taking on fellow League One side at Kassam Stadium. Let's dive into the side now. Manager. Desmond Buckingham is at the helm for the youths. Buckingham had spells in the youth and reserve teams at clubs Reading and Oxford United as a goalkeeper, although a professional playing career did not materialise. He began his professional coaching career at Oxford United at the age of 18, initially working through the club's age group squads. At the start of the 2013-14 season in League Two, Buckingham progressed as a coach into the first team under the manager of Chris Wilder. In his time at the club, Buckingham supported the transition of 24 players from the youth ranks into their first professional contracts. Buckingham made a move to New Zealand and joined Wellington Phoenix under head coach Ernie Merrick. After Merrick's resignation, Buckingham was appointed manager at 31 years old. He then became the youngest manager in A-League history. In July 2017, Buckingham left Wellington Phoenix and took up a role at Stoke City, then in the Premier League, as an assistant coach for their under-23 team. Buckingham returned to New Zealand to coach the under-20 and under-23 teams. He also coached for Melbourne City and Mumbai City before returning to Oxford United in November 2023 on a long-term contract as head coach. One to watch. Midfielder Tyler Goodrum is our one to watch. The 20-year-old started out in Reading youth team before joining Oxford as an under-14. Goodrum played in the under-18 squad for Oxford and made his debut against Crawley Town, becoming the club's youngest player at the age of 16 years and 98 days. 
Throughout his time at Oxford, Goodrum has had loan spells at Hayes and Eden United and Slough Recently this year, Goodrum has signed a new long-term contract with the youth. He wears a number 19 shirt. Top scorer. There are currently two players that occupy the top goal scorer spot on this occasion. Cameron Brannigan and Mark Harris have both scored seven league goals each so far this campaign. Brannigan, the midfielder who wears a number eight shirt, started his career as a Liverpool Academy graduate, making his senior appearance in 2015, but he only managed nine appearances for the club. He joined Fleetwood Town on loan in 2017 before he signed for Oxford on a permanent deal the following year. Brannigan has made 223 appearances for the U's and scored 39 goals. Mark Harris is the forward who wears a number nine shirt and has represented Wales at under 17, under 19, under 20 and under 21 level. Harris turned professional at Cardiff City, making loan spells at Newport County, Port Vale and Wrexham. He broke into Cardiff's first team during the 2020-21 season, though was released in June 2023. Harris joined Oxford the following month. Current form. The U's currently occupy seventh in the League One table, accumulating 49 points with 15 wins, four draws and nine defeats. Buckingham's side sit 10 points behind the Blues with a game in hand. The last five games have resulted in two victories and three defeats. The most recent defeat ended in 3-1 against Bristol Rovers, even after having possession for 59% of the match. Oxford United have not started the new year the way they would have hoped. They were kicked out the FA Cup third round, suffering a 6-2 defeat to Coventry City, and only three days later suffered another defeat, ending their EFL journey 2-0 against League Two side AFC Wimbledon. The two sides are yet to face each other this season after the rescheduling of this match. However, last season, both results, home and away, ended in a 1-1 draw. Can the Blues get a third consecutive win on the road? All of the immiscible action on Pompey Live. A big cheers to Kirsty Roxanne there for providing us a closer look into tomorrow night's opponents at Cassam Stadium. The use of Oxford United and Barney, a tough game for Pompey and Prospect this midweek. The first of which against Oxford United this season. We take them on at home uh, in just a few weeks' time as well. Uh, they've dropped down a bit, down to seventh position. They were in the automatic promotion hunt up until the last few weeks. They lost manager Liam Manning uh, to the championship and now Des Buckingham's come in. But nonetheless, it's going to be a very tough test for John a senior side. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's ever a good time to play Oxford. They've. Uh, we've got a handful of bogey teams, I would say, in in League One, and they're definitely one of those teams that always seem to give us a game. Mm. Um, nightmare memories of the playoff game and that uh, Ellis Harrison header. Um, thankfully, uh, I wasn't there for that. Penalty miss. Yeah, mm. but uh, nonetheless, yeah, I, I think they're always a tough team to go to. I hope the performance is better than last season, where it was a fairly negative performance. It was a draw, but um, it felt like neither team wanted to win. It was a painful game to watch from, yeah. from either team. Um, be interesting just to see how Massinho deals deals with it. And after tomorrow's match, it is the only League One game taking place this midweek. So Pompey will be on 30 matches played. They need a win, nonetheless, uh, over Oxford United to extend their lead at the top of the table. Bolton now two points behind. That gap can be extended to five points. Bolton will have three games in hand after tomorrow evening's fixture. However, it's also, also interesting to note that they're three games in hand all the way to Cambridge, Wigan and Barnsley. So five points will be the difference if Pompey can get the better of Oxford United tomorrow. Um, but they really need to do so to try and extend that gap between themselves and the Trotters. Right, score prediction time, please. And we'll start off first of all. Tom Malley, very quickly, your score prediction, please. Oxford versus Pompey tomorrow evening. It's going to be tight. I'm going to go 2-1 Pompey. 2-1 Pompey, says Tom. What about yourself, Barty? How do you see this one going? 
I'm sticking to what I said on 4 0 live last night. I'm going 2 0 Pompey. 2 0 Pompey. All right, I love it. Love it. Um, I'm going to go 3 2 Pompey. I reckon there's goals in this one. Hopefully, I won't be disappointed with that prediction. But yeah, three points for John Massino's side away at Oxford. You can catch all of that Missable Action here on Express FM from 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. Here we go. Pompey live. Back to back wins on the road for Pompey, and it was a controversial penalty that did it. Whistle goes. Colby Bishop steps up. Scores! This time goes to the goalkeeper's left. Next up, a third away game in a row, this time at Oxford United. Join us for all of the unmissable action Tuesday night from 7. Every kick, every goal, every game is right here on Express FM. Pompey Live. With Aquacars. Yep, and I'm pleased to say I'll be back on the show tomorrow evening alongside Connor Mosley, who will host with Henry Deacon with us up at the Kassam Stadium too. Coverage starts here on Express FM at 7 o'clock. Kickoff is 7.45. A big thank you to both our guests this evening, Tom Malley and Andrew Barnard. Tom, thank you very much for coming on to the show this evening, my friend. Always a pleasure, mate. Thank you very much. Barney, too, here in the studio. Thank you very much for your contributions tonight, and no doubt we'll hear from you again soon. Yep, good fun as always, and uh, see you tomorrow night, mate. See you tomorrow night at the Kassam Stadium. Right, also tonight, very interestingly, Cassini Yangi still in the Asian Cup. Australia 4-0 victors over Indonesia on Sunday. They'll take on the winner of tomorrow's round of 16 tie between Saudi Arabia and South Korea later this week. So Cassini Yangi still missing for Pompey as things stand. Right, plenty to come before Pompey Live tomorrow evening, starting immediately after News at 7 with Jeff Dorsett, who will be on hand with another fantastic episode of the Soft Rock Show. Until next time, Blues fans, it's good night from me. Keep the faith and play our Pompey.